Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the John of All Trades podcast, episode 225. I'm your host, John X. Thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. And on this week's show, I've got Jason Price. He is one of the head honchos of Select Communications. And he is someone that I did not know before I spoke to him like a month ago when we started setting this up. One of his associates, a guy named Aaron Winkleman, reached out to me because he heard my show and he said, hey, You've got to know this guy, Jason. You've got to learn about his company and hear about his history. So I said, okay, that's fine. Uh, I'm always looking for new guests. So if you want to hit me up, the producer of this show is Deft Communications. And who is Deft Communications? Well, it's me. So email me, john, J-O-N, at deftcom.us. That's D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. And while you're there, you can kind of check out my day job too. Training, content, engagement, and podcasting, those are the four pillars I can help your organization tell its story in a new, exciting, and more nuanced way than you've been doing before. So Aaron hits me up, connects me with Jason, we get to talk and we hit it off immediately. We ended up talking for like 45 minutes or an hour just like getting to know each other, so we definitely had to do this episode. And as I listen to it back, I go, man, this is a really fun hangout episode. Now, that's not to say we don't talk about a ton of stuff. We do. We talk about the IT space, how technology can be overwhelming, how IT people are underappreciated, how they're product agnostic. So if you have a business that needs IT solutions, these guys will do all the shopping, all the analysis, and go, hey, here are the options. These are the ones that I think are best for your company, for your budget, and for what you need to do. It's a really cool model. And kind of low pressure, like they don't have any skin in the game. They don't have preferred vendors. They're not going to pitch you a solution that is ill-fitting, which is really, really nice. But more interesting than that, in some ways, is his background. He was an EMT and a first responder and developed training curriculum. So we end up talking about that too. This is one of those great episodes that's like a twofer. So you learn a ton about selected communications, but you also get the perspective of a first responder EMT. It's amazing. And what a great dude, too. A lot of laughs during this episode. It's all vibe, you know? It's cool when you connect with someone like that, someone who you don't know, and you're like, man, it feels like we've been talking for months before this, like we've been pals for a long time. And I think that comes off in this episode. A couple of quick plugs before we get too far along here. If you're listening to us on iTunes or on Stitcher or any other podcatcher for that matter, thank you, first of all. That's a really nice, easy way of getting new John of All Trades content. But what I'd ask you to do is hit that subscribe button. You'll get brand new episodes that come right to you. The first job series comes up on Mondays or Tuesdays. New episodes drop on Wednesday. If you hit that subscribe button, they all come right to your device. You don't even have to do anything. And if you like the show, please leave us a rating. Leave us a review. When other people find the show, we have lots of ratings. We have lots of reviews. People go, oh, this must be a good show. And I certainly think it is. Otherwise, I wouldn't waste my time putting it out into the world. So if you like it, if you enjoy it, and you haven't done so already, leave us a rating, leave us a review, and hit that subscribe button. Those are all great things to do to support the John of All Trades podcast. Now then, let's get to episode 225. It's Jason Price. He is one of the head honchos of Select Communications, an awesome IT firm that he likes to call a personal shopper in terms of IT services 
for your business. He's also a former EMT. He's created training programs. He's worked with first responders all across the country. It's an amazing episode and it starts right now. You know, it's funny you mention that because I noticed um, 47 dispensaries as I was just coming down the street. and Four I thought Separate you know, ones? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it, it's quite the – it's the booming industry here in uh, in Colorado. And we're new because I, I live in California, so we're new. Right. And it's nice to see it fully evolved as a concept here. Yeah. Well, one thing that is interesting to me is I never pictured a day where I would find it so pedestrian. <laughs> You know, to see like legalized marijuana where you're just walking around. You're like, yeah, that's a dispensary. And people who don't have legalized weed, they go, wow. Okay. So it's like everywhere. And you go, yeah, I guess. I mean, I just kind of see it now. I wonder to be a fly on the wall in the marketing meetings as you're (laughs) trying to outbrand your weed against maybe someone else's weed. Yeah. uh, it, I, I, I don't know why, but I feel like that conversation, um, I don't know. You just come up with more interesting names for it or. Yeah, I would like to be in the room where they name it because it's sort of a holdover from when weed was underground. Yeah. And it's like, can you imagine pushing a product on the public now called Durban Poison? (laughs) (laughs) Where, you know, it's like, no, no, this is really good stuff. This is going to get you. Yeah, You named it Poison, though. Yeah, (laughs) right. And you think do they in five years does it does it evolve to the point where now it's more it's more corporate. Right. And, you know, we have to you know, healthy. We're going with a real, you know, like vegan weed. Or well, oh, that exists. No, trust me. Like non GMO. Oh, there it is. All that, yeah. like organic. Okay. Now you're speaking California to me. Right, now, totally. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if it'll get to the point where we're naming it like we're naming cars though. You know, like I drive an Acura TL and like it's just this random assortment of numbers and letters. It's like, oh, have you had the uh, J630? <laughs> and you go, what? It doesn't even mean anything. Like you just give up at one point. <laughs> right. You know, they stop naming it after great things and it just becomes. Just, just a dartboard. Fifth Street, it's, you know. It's like it used to be called Glass Slipper, but now we call it GS Prime. <laughs> you go, oh, shut up. <laughs> just everything branded within an inch of its life. Uh, but we're not here to talk about weed. We're here to talk about all sorts of things. This is Jason Price. You are one of the head honchos of Select Communications. I am. And so we got hooked up through someone who does business with you, heard my show, and we started talking. I feel like we hit it off immediately on the phone. Because what did we talk for, like 45 minutes, an hour, something like that? Yeah. Just about all sorts of stuff, right? Absolutely. Well, I think what you do is really interesting. Oh, thank you. I like to think that it is, too. Otherwise, I wouldn't put it out into the world. (laughs) Um, If there weren't something of value here, then, you know, we could just turn the mics off and just, you know, go get beers. Or weed. Yeah, or... (laughs) Or both. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's Colorado. (laughs) It's a real Rocky Mountain high around here. Exactly. Wow. um, But tell me, um, give me the pitch for Select Communications. Yeah. What are you guys... Uh, and what differentiates you from other people who do what you do? Uh, the, a couple things that I've heard people say we do that connect with me. One is uh, we're personal shoppers for information technology, which, okay. which I kind of think is cool because in a sense it's like I know your size. I know what you're into. Um, I'm just going to randomly send you outfits in the mail because that's how <laughs> well I understand you. Um, and then I've also heard that you know we're the, the idea of being a trusted advisor is someone who doesn't care – which of the products that we know are going to work uh, right. for your business you choose. And I think, you know, um, I often think about that, the IT leader who's got their day is full with just trying to keep the wheels in the track. And, you know, what time do they really have to be super thoughtful about 
what should we be using? And is there something that's more affordable? Is there something that's more feature rich? Um, how are we going to, you know, get the, the millennial folks interested in working with us when we still use like rotary phones on our desks and, you know, but that's the most secure way to do this. Right. So, yeah. uh, I just feel like with all of the burdens of that job, having somebody that just works with 200 different products and vendors and partners can come in and say, let's talk not about the technology. Cause who cares? Technology changes so fast that if that's what you're focused on, you've already, you're already you're late. Lost. Yeah. Exactly. So I feel like let's talk about the problems that we're trying to solve, and then we'll line up solutions that will solve the problems and, and fit you for budget and whatnot. And, and that's kind of what we do. Um, that's I think I'm, I don't fancy myself a salesperson. Um, I, I don't necessarily like the vibe that salespeople get. I don't even think it's all that much earned as much as it used to be. Um, but nowadays, I think the idea of saying, why don't you just tell me what's not working as if we're doing similar jobs at different companies and we're having a cup of coffee together and we're just like venting about right, what's right. hard and then let me see if i if i know someone who has a product that can help i that's an interesting way of describing your business and a way that no one i i've had on this show has ever sort of come at it from that angle but it's like you're not representing <laughs> is a, that a good thing absolutely <laughs> okay all right um no that's I'll take your word for it that's like my favorite thing when someone comes up with a new way of describing their business right because right. you'd think there'd be a finite way of doing that but uh, you're not working for a specific company. You're, no. You know, you know, you don't have like, we got to get this product launch off and all that. Right. It's like you're kind of agnostic about that. Completely. Which you just go, okay, I understand these products. Right. I understand the lay of the land. Mm -hmm. And here's what you need based on what you described to right. me. Right. And then there's all this like backstage prep that goes on before one of these products gets pushed out into prime time. Oh yeah. And a lot of that has to do with, well, who are, who are they going to talk to when they actually sign a contract that's going to move them from where they are to what they're going to next. And that can be in and of itself, just a disaster. I mean, we've seen so often, um, companies that say, well, w we want to evolve to use this technology instead of that technology. But the process of moving what was working before to what is next was so painful that I'll never ever do it again. <laughs> right. And um, you know, again, I keep picturing that that poor you know man or woman that's in that cubicle trying to just handle the IT tickets of the day. Oh, and now on top of that, hey, we're going to change everything. Um, change is always going to be hard. Anybody that tells you it isn't is just lying. Uh, so you know, let's try and soften the corners as much as we can, make that process frictionless. And what we do typically is we work for the customer. Uh, every one of the folks on my team, uh, we don't work for any of our car carriers. We don't work for any of our partners. So, so you don't have like preferred vendors or anything like no. that? No. Really? In fact, our agreements with our vendors, and there's 200 of them, are the same. <laughs> so at the end of the day, they see us as, okay, so if they bring us the deal and we end up closing it, then we'll pay them the same commission we would have paid one of our own salespeople had they found the opportunity. So they see oh, us right. as like lead gen, and we see them as one of many tools in a box that we can present to a customer and let them choose which of the tools work best. And if for some reason it goes off the rails, then we put on the brass knuckles and we extricate them from that nasty situation. Nice. All the while, the carrier that got their business is so afraid that we won't bring them the next deal that they're willing to do things for us they probably wouldn't do for just the customer. Gotcha. Okay, I have two reactions to that. Oh, good. <laughs> One, when I was working in corporate, I went in there in late 2010 and we were still using Lotus Notes. Oh, which, that's cutting edge. Yeah. <laughs> And I went in there and I go, God, what is this? I felt like I was like carving stuff on the sarcophagus wall. Yes. And, uh, but here's the thing. 
like three years later, maybe four years later, they went to Outlook finally. Yeah. Which, again, cutting edge, right? Oh, yeah. People were pissed mm-hmm. because they go, well, I know how to use that. I know notes. how to use I already have a chisel. Why yeah. did you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't need uh, this, right. this parchment right. that you're bringing me. Right. Uh, and so I, I thought to myself, I'm like, people are actually angry about this? That's yes. amazing. But you, you deal with that all the time. Absolutely. I mean, you, yeah. get, you get used to something that might be wildly right. inefficient, but you sort of know how right. to do it. And, and if somebody like me tells whoever makes that decision, here are going to be the pain points. Give us your frustrated, your huddled masses <laughs> right, urging yeah. to not ever change and let us, you know, like <laughs> ramp them slowly. Uh, then you, we can obviously, you know, make that a little bit less. And ultimately, people are going to be mad that the buttons over here are not over there, but we can, we can do some. <laughs> you're tired, you're poor, you're huddled masses, <laughs> yearning to breathe unchanged air. <laughs> unchanged air. Recycled. Uh, yeah. Unimpeded by progress. That's right. Uh, and then the other thing I was thinking of is, uh, it reminds me of something I read about, of all things, the razor industry, which okay. Gillette came up with the Mach 3 okay. when I was in like high school, right? I mean, this is... That was a solid model. Yeah. That was a really good... Yeah, it was perfect. And the yeah. ads were perfect. Yeah. Like, they had this animation of the hair being cut Just three times. lifted and cut, Yeah, as I recall. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> See, you know it. I, it worked. <laughs> the problem is, Gillette did too good a job with that, where they can't get people to give up their Mach 3s. Yeah. Now. Right. And so, that's what I still use. Because um, everything else is crap. Well, yeah. I mean, at this point, it, it was too perfect a solution, <laughs> which they're like yeah. working themselves out of business because yeah. so they, they need to turn over new products. We, but that's not your business model, which is awesome. We we call that the, – the word that we batter around is uh, future-proof. So that is oh, wow. future-proof technology. And that's usually the reaction. We go, oh, okay, wow. <laughs> I'd never – yeah, <laughs> I hadn't heard that term either. But it's That's what we're trying to – we're trying to help a company find – a, a solution that grows alongside them that, mm. and, and, and just also can be segmented and deployed in pieces. Okay. So give them, give them the part that they need. So make sure that the phone rings when someone else tries to call them. And then in a couple of years when maybe, you know, they've downloaded FaceTime or something on their phone and they kind of go, Hey, I kind of, then you can give them these things that you've, they've always had that you've never told them about. And they can go, my company is so responsive to my needs. Uh, you could do a, a tiered deployment. Wow, well played. So it's interesting to me because this is not your background. Your background is not at all in, in IT or solutions no. or anything like this. No. How did you, without getting too far into the backstory, yeah. but how did you come to get into this business? Well, listen, I, I came into corporate America like everyone does, um, working in an ambulance. Oh, because yeah. <laughs> it's mostly how people leave, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's an incubator, as I like to say, for uh, for for young entrepreneurs. I um, so the company was founded by my partner and our CEO Jerry Goldman, and he and I met decades ago working on an ambulance together. And then each of us had our own separate arc. He um, started Select Communications around 2006 and um, grew it through grit. Just the man, he will not ever be and cannot be outworked. So um, he's that guy. And, uh, I'm, you know, I moved up into, I had a business and sold a business, became an executive. And I kind of learned some of the nuances of, you know, leadership within a team and, you know, management and leadership with, uh, you know, staff and whatnot. And that proved beneficial because, you know, he had uh, the drive to make sure everything got done. And I was more of how do we systemize this so we don't have to have everyone huddled over your shoulder to learn. Right. So, I mean, and, and not to, I don't want to be glib with the way I'm saying this, but it's almost like 
in a company, you need mom and dad. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, there's two different energies there. Correct. But both contribute equally valuable things in Absolutely. a different way. Yes. Is it kind of like that? Oh, for sure. And, you know, I often say that, you know, he's the best business partner I never would have chosen. Oh, um, yeah. Because of that sort of give and take in energy. Um it, it, so often I'm trying to make sure that, you know, what we're doing is nuanced and um, I like to say elegant, which he abs- – like if he, when he hears this, he's just – he'll probably throw something. Right. He's going to pucker, isn't he? he? Oh, he's just going to be like – he'll grimace. <laughs> It'll be f- physically evident that he um, – and, you know, I like things to be – solutions to be permanent as opposed to, well, let's just get through this deal and then we'll move, you know. Right. Um, but n- never has there been a person who cares more about people. Never has there been a person who um, – you know, wears their heart on their sleeve per se, uh, than, than he. And I think that the, the pulling energy between the two of us is always really good because if you've picked a business partner that agrees with you, you're probably making a terrible mistake or that has the same skill set as you. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's just a terrible, terrible idea. You really want somebody who most of the time you're like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> That's never going to happen. Or why would that ever be a thing? Somebody there in your ear saying, what if it was a thing? You know, what if, yeah. what if we're missing something or what if we haven't thought of this? And I think that's where he and I, um, and then again, because we started in f- as first responders, you know, to this date, uh, no one has died, uh, doing what we do, uh, that we're aware of. I mean, certainly right. not on our team. Uh, we have 30 staff and, and, and no one, uh, that, that I've ever been, I've never seen a memo in which we were mourning the loss of, you know, so-and-so. Or, right. So I feel like, you know, everything else, everything south of someone dying is totally manageable. So we'll often find ourselves going, well, you know, it's terrible for sure, but <laughs> no one died. <laughs> yeah. At least no one died. There's a cool energy to that. Yeah. No, that that's definitely true. Um, and one of the things I remember y- either you telling me or that I heard about you all is you both have a similar philosophy in just the ways in which people work, right? You you don't have a permanent office, right? No. Everyone's remote. We eat our own dog food. Okay. Yes, <laughs> you, absolutely. What? We we every one of our team members uh, works from a remote location, okay. most from home offices, because we sell technology that empowers people to work from anywhere. It would be pretty lame if we had like a giant building somewhere. Yeah, everyone clocking in. And clocking <laughs> everybody yeah, punching the. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we don't we don't do that. We let everybody work from home, and that's pretty cool. Okay, and one of the things that I heard was. Uh, you almost like mandate time off too, right? We do. Yeah. Okay. Oh, how does that work? Um, well, we don't limit PTO. Okay. Um, everyone in our organization is, is a part of a team and we just tell them, work it out with your team. And when you can go, go. Just get out of here. Just get out of here. Work it out. You know, talk amongst yourselves, <laughs> sort it out. I'll give you a topic. Give, give us a heads up when you're going to be gone so we don't send you a bunch of email. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it, but we need you to take. I mean, most of our staff have kids. Um, yeah. Jerry and I are both dads. He's got three kids. I have four. We absolutely find that time to be absolutely critical. So we encourage, in fact, if force, we have told people. You're not going to be here next week. Now, I don't care where you go, <laughs> but if I were you, I'd make some plans because we've yeah. given you a month or two or three to plan some time off. And since you're not doing it, we're just going to turn the lights off and we're not going to let you communicate with anybody for five days. Wow. And okay. That's, that's weird, huh? Yeah. That's, and it's almost like counterintuitive though. It is. You know, because if you have that freedom, there are some companies that are really disingenuous about it. It's like, uh, right. You know, we don't have a, a paid time off, Oh yeah, you, but it's like, you're expected to be on all of the course. time answering emails right. at 10 right. PM right. and stuff. Right. But you're like, no, we're cutting you off. We're not. Yeah. That's we, wild we don't want me. you here. You need to take some time off. I'll you. bet you don't have a problem with turnover then. Do you? No, 
No, we really don't. <laughs> people stay. People are happy. We, um, I, I like to say we're, we're that technology company that cares way more about the people technology affects than we care about the technology itself. Oh, that's nice. Um, so, and, and that's an inverse too. I agree as well. So in our, you know, culture, um, the the want really is to have everybody sort of firing on all cylinders and all working together. And to date, we've had very few personnel issues at all. Um, we've we've seen very little frustration um, around you know office politics or anything like that. We're all we well, all you're get not even really, in the same office. I mean, <laughs> maybe that helps. Maybe that's part of it. You know, get move move people away. It's so funny too because uh, I've done event planning for a living. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've done large-scale corporate trainings for people. And ultimately, what so much of your headache is about is what are people going to eat yes. and where are they going to sit? Yes. Like, it comes down to stuff that I'm dealing with with my four-year-old in her ECE class. <laughs> right? It never changes. No. It's what's everyone going to eat. It's Let's make sure everyone's happy and well-fed. Where are the graham crackers? Yeah. And <laughs> Get the damn yeah. graham crackers. Get them some apple juice, for Christ's sake. <laughs> And, you know, like, where's everyone sitting? Like, what are the logistics? Yeah. It, it comes down to that. Yeah. And, you know, I found when you do these trainings, if you put out, like, a bowl of miniature Snickers, yeah. people are just happier. Things work themselves out. <laughs> and you go, okay, wait a minute. So what if we just eliminated all that? And what if people were just allowed to do the work that we pay them to do? Yes. Without all of that. So, like, do you ever have, like, staff rendezvous, though? Like, Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Okay. At least twice a year we get together, the whole team, and then pockets. Like, I'm here in Denver. You know, Jerry flies in tomorrow. We're going to take the team to dinner. Um, we have someone new that joined the team not long ago, so we're just going to spend some time. And what I always say is we work um, when we're apart. And when we're together, oh, we just hang out. Because that is the challenge with a remote workforce is you get into this rhythm where, you know, it's when we're together, we've got to capitalize on the time, uh, <laughs> get a lot done. And I'm like, no, I feel like we get a lot done when we're all, you know, back in our spaces. Um, when we're together, let's just hang out. Let's just chat. Oh, God bless you, sir. <laughs> um, when I was in corporate, uh, I had a boss who used to call us all together for these day-long group groups. And the way he did his... Wait, what'd you call it? A, a group grope? <laughs> so, I mean, essentially, that's what it is. I was going to say, that wasn't the formal name of it, though, right? No, of course not. That was... Okay. No, that's I what, like I, it, though. what I called it in my head. <laughs> I mean, and it was just a different style of getting things done. He did his best thinking in this boardroom. Right. With all of us held, held captive there. Yeah. And, like, cast the net out. Right. And then we'll drag it back in, and whatever sort of makes it to shore is our new priorities. I don't do good thinking in that way. No, I do my best thinking like when I'm alone Mm -hmm. sitting at my desk and I can like push out work product Mm -hmm. and deliverables. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you're wired very much the same way. Very much the same. Uh, And what we'll do is, uh, hey, everybody come with uh, something you're doing that's helping you be more effective or efficient or some, some product or partner that you've worked with recently that has a great story to tell. Or we ask people to contribute, but, um, the, the vibe is really supposed to be, Hey, it's been a long time since we've been in the same, you know, let's break bread. Let's have a drink. Let's, you know, let's make sure we get to know. Now weekly we have, um, video conferences that are a bit more structured like sure, that. Sure. Yeah. And in those sessions, we always do a round table because the downfall of the open work environment or the no walls kind of concept is you miss the opportunity to bump into somebody, you know, on, on your way to the water cooler or whatever, where right. you can go, ha, ah, you know, how about those bears? You know what I mean? Like you don't <laughs> have those moments. Yeah. So we try to like make those moments more, um, you know, organic in a session where we, 
literally go around the call, hey, what'd you do this weekend? What are you excited about? What's a big win for for your business segment, or you know, what customer did we really crush it for you um, with? And, and we do that. But when we do these face to face events, we try and do as little work as we can. Oh, that's great. Okay. So, in terms of the types of businesses that enlist your services, mm-hmm. who are they? Like, what do they look like? So, one of the I, I love saying this to you is that never has there been a better time for somebody with a great idea because what used to stand in your way in terms of infrastructure costs and barrier of entry is gone. I yeah. mean, give me a half a day and 200 bucks a month, and I can put you on par with a Fortune 50 company <laughs> as far as technology goes. So it, it will be – you will have nothing but the best possible runway for, for your business to take off. And, and I think that is unbelievably powerful given yeah. where we are in, in, in this country today. Is Never has there been less friction for somebody who just has a great idea and wants to start a business. In terms of the customers that, that usually do well for us, these are folks that – they're usually strapped for IT staff. I've bumped into really large enterprise firms, and they've invested a lot in their IT personnel. They've invested a lot in how they purchase technology. And you know, sometimes we don't offer them much that they wouldn't get on their own. Um, but for anybody with a team smaller than twenty people that are in there, kind of like crunching numbers and you know looking for the next thing, we are a fantastic fit. And we don't charge any of our customers for the service. I mean, you could essentially wait. What? I know. So, so you're. Let's say you're. You're a director of IT. The CEO walks in, says, "You know, my grandson showed me this thing on his phone, <laughs> where you know you could send text messages from your work number. Why don't I have that?" And you know how many times my conversations with customers have started just like that, and then you know they leave, and the the, the poor director of IT is like. I don't know because that's really insecure and that could be yeah. hacked and you know a million fears like flow into their mind. Sure. And um, we we have that conversation where that person comes to us and says, "I don't know, somebody wants this." You know, we have a millennial <laughs> workforce coming in. They want they want miracles to happen underneath their thumb every second, and they don't mm. want to wait for it. Um, they don't want to separate their personal email from their work email. They want. All this magic, and we have very little time, effort, and money to invest in it. Those are our folks. Okay, gotcha. Because we will show you the best and brightest. We will scope it for your budget. We'll make sure that the fit that you pick is always going to be um, one that works for you. But at the end of the day, the, the authority is always yours to make the final call. Okay, you know who you are? You're yeah. Winston Wolf in Pulp Fiction. I, f- I fix things. You're yeah. right. Yeah, right. I solve problems. I'm an oak man myself. <laughs> you like oak, Jimmy? You like oak? <laughs> yeah. Oak's nice. Oak's nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like, so uh, I understand that, uh, you know, we have two body or a body and a car minus a head. Take <laughs> yeah, me to it. Take me to it. Yes. That's essentially, people are coming to you yes. and it's like, we have 40 minutes yes. and, and you go. We're going to handle it. You know what? And, and you, you walk in, you go. I smelled some coffee brewing back there. Would you make me a cup? And That's, then you solve the problem, We right? just do, yes. Okay, wow. And then we bring you back. Here's blah, 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 blah. Now you choose. Let me show you all. Let me show you each. I'll even bring an engineer that doesn't work for any of these carriers to tell you where they smell. Ah. And then you can decide, okay, that, that I'm fine with. This one, not so much. So, yeah. and, and the sad part is what's broken about the way people are buying technology now is just marketing, marketing, marketing. Like mm. minimize the, the bad and shine up the great and then get out there and, and show it to everybody. But these things aren't all the same, and right. they have to be a little bit more specific to your solution. Okay, let me ask you this. How do you stay up on all this technology then, and how do you cut through the noise? Yeah. Because that's your job. Like You right. are the trusted advisor mm-hmm. that has hopefully vetted all of mm-hmm. this for them. Is it ever overwhelming? Yes, and we spend a lot of time in education. The other thing we do is we crowdsource among our team. Hey, 
I didn't realize this, but they'll only do this when it's this mm. or that when it's this. I mean, so we do a lot of that. Um, but we work with an engineering team that that is their entire life. These are folks <laughs> in windowless rooms that are doing nothing but staring at each product. And every time the product changes, um, they've, they're getting updates on what's new, what's different, and, and why it's different. And then we get those renderings. The other thing we do, too, is we okay. don't often go from memory. Like we have a we have a desk that's specific to each product set, and we'll take what we've learned in that discovery call from the customer. We'll hand it off to the engineers, mm-hmm. and we'll let them engineer it. Okay. And then they come back to us and go, "This is new. We haven't released it yet, but this is a good fit here." So that's how we do it. We don't often recall from memory. Oh, well, this one worked, or that one. We literally kind of walk through each deal from the beginning to the end and look at all the options available. Wow, that's a lot of work, man. It's it really is. And when I think about the amount of research that my team does for a company and doesn't ask for any money for it, Man. all I do is like I bang my head on the wall thinking about all the years I spent on Google trying to go, well, is this better than that? I don't know. I mean, this review says, but this is from yeah. Janice, the cat lady in, you know, Fremont. <laughs> I don't know if I, I mean, Janice seems like a nice person, but I don't know if she's really, you know, yeah. she's probably got a different business segment than me. I mean, like, what do you do? It just seems like everything else on the internet, there's so much of it that there's right. none of it now. She also gave the coffee a grease monkey four stars. <laughs> <laughs> so can she be trusted? <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah, who knows? Um, <laughs> but uh, you mentioned something to me that's interesting. You met on an ambulance with your business partner. Yeah. And that was your previous business, right? I mean, yeah. So I, I'm always fascinated by people's journey. And I'll right. give you a, a quick example of this. I had on the show this woman who was a DJ. And prior to that, she was a 911 dispatcher. <laughs> and as we started talking, it. she told me, you know, about her her life in that. And I go, okay, this one's like two for one, right? So originally, you know, you're in emergency medical mm-hmm. response. Mm-hmm. Um, what compelled you to do that? Because that is a remarkable service. Yeah. Um, and, and one that living in America... You almost take for granted. You don't when it happens, but right. just knowing, just having the knowledge in your head that if something happens, someone is going to show up right. and they're going to know what they're doing yes. is something that I think you just take for granted in general. I, I totally agree. So what compelled you to get into that? I, I mean, I wanted to be a firefighter since I think I was seven. Okay. Um, because you know my uncle was a firefighter and that's... I think if you if you tapped a firefighter on the shoulder, I'll bet you the story's similar. Somewhere along right. the line in the bloodline, somebody said, "You know, you're going to be a firefighter because that's what you that's what we do." The service and the tradition of it really, uh, I think, connected with me. I, I love the idea, and if I miss anything, it's not necessarily the calls or it's 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 meals around the firehouse table, sure. which is like the best. Um, essentially, it's like high school football with awesome uniforms, <laughs> right? So, I mean, and, and so. Then you you get out into the world and you start to I, I tell people constantly that I think everybody should be an EMT for two years. Wow! Because everyone, everyone, because you learn first of all your own body and how it works, oh, and sure. then you learn how to keep your head when things are crazy, yeah. and that's a skill, right? Learning how to just right well, keep it together. The nine one one dispatcher said to me. She's like, every day you are experiencing someone's worst day. Absolutely, that's, and, and, that's and I'll take it a step further. You become a part. Yeah. Of that worst day. Yeah. Somebody, I remember um, I was filling up my car with gas, still in uniform, leaving a shift. And somebody walked over and said, hey, you were there when my mom died. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, 
I don't know why, but I think you think that once you are off the job that, you know, all the stuff you saw and did, you kind of left in some parallel dimension. Right. Well, you almost have to, right? You kind of do. You, you, you can't carry it with you. But as you, as you get older and as you start to have a family of your own, as you start to put more of your cards on the table, it gets harder and harder to leave someone else's tragedy in their living room and not take a piece of it with you. Yeah. Uh, and the good ones do. The good ones lose a little bit of themselves every time, you know, someone else's baby dies or every time someone, you know, watches their husband take their last breath. It's, if you're, if you're worth the person you ought to be out there responding, it should affect you. You should, you should exist in that moment. But the other thing you do as an EMT is you walk into people's living rooms like all day long. So you get to cross section society in a way that no one else does. And there's that great quote that, you know, no one hates somebody once they know their story. Oh, sure. Um, And you learn so many different people's stories. So for me, I, I just thought it was a fantastic study of human behavior. I remember uh, my wife tore her meniscus when she was 20, 25 weeks pregnant. Oh, wow. And so she couldn't move. Like, it was locked in place, too. It was buck right. handle tear. So the fire department had to come and carry her out on a gurney. <laughs> and she's like, I'm sorry. I'm pregnant. I'm so heavy. And they're like, we got it, man. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're fine. But, <laughs> you know, I can still picture those guys. Yeah. Guys and gals, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, coming into our house. And... What's so funny, too, is there's a part of you that's thinking, I'm sorry it's messy in here. Yeah. Which is insane, right? (laughs) We should have vacuumed. Yeah. I didn't realize we'd be. Yeah. We'd we'd have company. (laughs) Always vacuum in case of emergency. (laughs) Well, it's clean underwear and vacuum, I think, in that order. Right? (laughs) Yeah. No, definitely. (laughs) But so how long were you at that? I have done that. Uh, I, I actually still have a license as a paramedic wow. today. Okay. And uh, I was in the field for more than 15 years. Wow. So I still do a lot of teaching. Um, I love new folks into the industry. Um, I Probably my favorite moments were as a preceptor. So that's somebody that goes to the paramedic school. Uh, they finish all their book stuff. And then they come out to you, and they're like this little baby paramedic. <laughs> and you, you run calls with them at first, and then you slowly take the training wheels off. And then you watch them just... You know, the job just kicks them in the teeth and then you watch them question their whole existence (laughs) and then you you talk them back up and you get them back out there. And some of my proudest moments are not things that I did in the field, but things that interns I had have gone on to do. And and it's like it's like a whole nother uh, being a parent of a whole different, you know, family. It's neat. Dude, one of the things I do around here is uh, I'm a facilitator for boot camp for new dads. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Which is such a great program. I went through it as a rookie dad. Yeah, that's cool. And then brought my kids back three times as a veteran dad. And I'm like, I love this. And you see these dads oh. come in and they're just, they're terrified, right? They're like, they just have this look. They, they're like, what do I expect? I don't even know. I go, you're going to be all right. Oh, yeah, and you're I'm going to be just fine. Yeah. I'm going to help you get yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. And just knowing that and, you know, hearing the stories, it's like, yeah, that was the best class that I took yep, yep. before the birth of my child. Yeah. So I totally am on the same page. With and, and, you. and fascinating how little training goes into being a parent. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just like this immense responsibility that you have no preparation for whatsoever. And here you go. Just leave. And off you go with a little car seat and tow, uh, yeah. mortified that you're going to do one of a million things to destroy this young child. Well, dude, I mean, do you remember the drive home with your oh, first child? Yeah, at four miles an hour. Yeah, it's yeah. harrowing. No, oh, it's the worst right? experience. So I avoided Colorado Boulevard 
and I took the back way. It took yes. us like 25 20, minutes yeah, to get home. Right, you right. know, we're normally hazard lights on, like in the middle, <laughs> like you're one of those heavy, yeah. big load trucks with totally. the flags, and yeah, like you you're know. moving a temp building. And then how how many times did you make fun of people with the baby on board thing oh, God, yeah. when you didn't have kids, and now that you do, it's like I have a baby <laughs> on board. Like, what's wrong with you people? Why are you driving like that? I mean, that? you should all be home. You knew this yeah. was the day for me. Dude, what's funny, though, is I was watching the Parenthood movie just recently, and Keanu Reeves says something really insightful in it. He goes, Mrs. Buckman, you need a license to buy a dog. Yes. You need a license to drive a car. Hell, you need a license to buy a fish. <laughs> but any butt-reaming asshole can be a father. Right? And, and you go, that's, that's exactly true. That's actually very true. That, yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. too weird. It's... It's actually completely backwards. Um, yeah. I'll, and because we're in Colorado, this is fitting. But here's a business idea. Um, how about I'm a, like an urban dad and I've got a kid attached to a device. And I want to take him fishing or I want to take him camping. But I don't know where to go or I don't really know of any. I think there should be like these these camps where some you know rugged guy uh, you know in a flannel just sort of props you up like here, throw this ax and I promise it'll <laughs> stick in that tree or, you know, we're going to, so we have a scuba diver that's going to hook a fish on the end of your lines. Oh, okay. I mean, you know what I mean? Like some, some really cool, masterfully constructed, awesome yeah. dad, son or dad, daughter bonding, bonding moment where around a campfire where you can go and you didn't, Oh, I forgot the water purifier. And now we both got like, you know, typhoid fevers. <laughs> like, so there's some supervision there, but I think yeah. that'd be a really cool thing for, for dads to be able to totally. do. Totally. How old are your kids? Um, I, I start at 16, and I've got a 20-year-old. So I have four. You did four in four years? Well, we're blended. Okay. Right? So I've got uh, three daughters and, and a son. A son's my oldest. Okay. Wow. Uh, that's a lot of energy. It's a ton, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's it's unreal. I've coached sports. I've done, you know, and, and, like, because of the work I was doing before Select Communications, you know, my son can say that he was a mock a shooting victim for the FBI SWAT team oh as they were doing hot entries into uh, like simulation simulated hot entries into buildings. So he's been wow. moulaged with like gun. And I actually have pictures of these mountainous people behind him while he's sort of sitting over with his long hair. So, in the front. so he's a base. I mean, and this is a politicized term, but. He was essentially like a real life crisis actor. Yeah, he was. Like, I, yeah, for training purposes. For, for so. training purposes. Yeah, yeah, we like we do call them actors, but usually yeah. we will moulage you so that the injuries look real to uh, to a responder, and then you do have to. It wasn't long ago that I had um, I had asked one of a, one of the instructors that was working for me. Hey, listen, here's the scenario. We're going to give them the patient's going to be the mannequin, and this crew's going to come in, and they're going to work the CPR because this is a call that happens a lot. Wife wakes up next to husband who has been dead for hours. Oh, sure. So she calls 911, and here comes the crew to respond. And I just want you to act like that that hysterical wife who you know has to be right. managed, right? And it's not going to be about the the patient. He's gone long ago. This is going to be about what. And yeah, how, yeah. How do you? It's almost start, like bedside manner. It yeah, is. And yeah. she started crying in huh. the simulation, and then I started crying. And anyway wow. because it's so like if you've been in those moments like you can call it back pretty quickly like i remember what it felt like yeah. and just to watch her fully commit to that role it's such an honor to to be someone who gets to sort of um you know grow from someone else acting the part of crisis and for anyone that has the opportunity or if you're a drama person and you yeah. i mean there are programs everywhere that would love someone to come in and act like a drunk 
or or, yeah. or maybe don't act. I don't know. Get drunk and then come and volunteer your time. Uh, there's a lot. maybe don't or don't. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's a good. But that's like, a good edit. or like, uh, if you want to act like you're tweaking on meth or something, right? Whatever. Yeah. Wow. I mean, these are all things that they're gonna see in real life, and you know, everything you do, not just in EMS but in life, it's it's scary the first time. So oh, yeah. Ha- for getting that first one under your belt, you're like, okay, I can handle the next. Yeah, one. I'll be okay. It's yeah. funny. I, uh, I interviewed a veterinarian on this show. And they had a similar deal. Like they would have actors come yeah. in and they'd give them a scenario and it's like, you have to go in and manage them. You have to yes. figure out kind of what they're right. about. How do you get them to calm down? How do you get them to sit down? She, the vet I was talking to said, I saw him through the window and he's kind of pacing and I get in there and it's not his cat. It's his wife's cat. Okay. And, and he's like got a meeting to go to. He's over and, it. Yeah. And so like, okay, what's the problem? Just tell me. And she's like, I was told I did really well because I actually got him to sit down. And I was the only one who did. Who took the time to try and... Right. To to understand the empathy there. That's Well, in the sad part, and I know this connects with you because your thing is empathy, right? Yeah, yeah. The sad part is that skill that our first responders sort of get in this gig, they get it on the job. So that means they've got to go to school on real families really got to play with live ammo and that's all they can do that's oh, the only gosh. way and they'll all tell you well most of this is otj right well that's terrible yeah i mean like <laughs> that, that, is, that terrible. is terrible like like you said it's somebody's worst day and you're like yeah. well i'm still sorting things out here so yeah. let me try this little i'm new here <laughs> yeah right which is it's, what you want to hear from yeah, your exactly EMT. <laughs> right it's my first day and i'm not sure where we keep all the gauze <laughs> like that's a terrifying moment <laughs> yeah it's like maybe go outside and smoke a cigarette please don't tell me to do that yeah. <laughs> That's uh, that's not going to work for me. That's not how I. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. It's tough, but it's. I do think there's a huge service paid to those that you know take the time to do that. Yeah. So I mean, you said you're still kind of in it, and you're still teaching. Mm-hmm. You're not uh, obviously riding around no. In, no, no, no. in an ambulance no. or in the back of a truck or anything now. But what sort of facilitated your exit out of that? Well, so I'm, I'm in the field, and my personality is such that I like to you know learn how to do something really well and then learn how to do something else really well. Right. So when I felt like hmm. I had summited um, the mountains that in my mind were the most important in that industry, I was kind of like, well, what's next? And I found out training was where I really could do. I always thought like, how do you do the most good for the most people? And I could run one call or I could work with a group of 20 or 30 folks that are going to run uh, 400 calls. And if mm-hmm. I can give them something that makes their experience or their patient's experience a little better, I wanted to do that. So my first business was that of, you know, boutiquing these remedial class, not remedial, but like revolving courses we took every two years right. to refresh our resuscitation skills. So I catered them and I made them funny <laughs> and yeah. I found a way to sort of bring a new energy and what i found with that energy is people would let their guards down because if i mean think about this for a second your your job is to respond to chaos and bring order the last thing you want to do is look incompetent now you're with a group of your colleagues um there's this person with a mannequin who gets to pick and choose what kind of catastrophe they throw in front of you and you're just trying not to look like an idiot yeah so you're pretty shut off you're pretty closed down and the questions you wish you could ask you would never ask because it's totally mixed company yeah I tried to break that down. Like, look, we're all dumb. We only do this a couple times a week. Let's actually dig into it. What was, what's the thing that freaks you out the most about, you know, well, I, kids scare the shit out of me. Okay, well, yeah. let's talk about that then. Let's talk about 
IV access and what the medication doses are because they're more complicated. And that turned into my first business. And what I realized was there's a huge need for you know quality training and folks that can find a way to make something engaging. We're all adult learners, which means that we have very short attention spans. Uh-huh. And when you've decided to do that job for a living, your attention span is about half what a normal person's ah, would gotcha. be. So these guys and gals have about 30 seconds before they're on to the next thing. Right. So it was a real challenge to make that appealing. And that's where you know my first business launched. Okay. You and I are very similar creatures in that way because I'm dealing with adult learners all the time. I'm, okay. I'm doing like day-long trainings for professionals, a lot of presentation training, you right. know, skills building, that kind of thing. And everyone comes in very suspicious of it. Yes. Because it's like, well, I have to be here. I have to like, be here. Obligation. Yeah. So, you know, and they're... They're yeah. running out the clock. Yes. Right? So if you don't so get them true. right away, um, a lot of times with boot camp for new dads, you know, the dads themselves, typically, a lot of them haven't signed up. Yeah. They were signed up by a female partner or someone. Somebody voluntold them. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so they're showing up like, okay, I got to be here. But if, if you can come out of the gate strong, yeah. it, like same thing, like what do you guys want to know? Like what is yes. one thing you want to know? And I will usually ask the question that everyone's thinking about. That they don't want to ask themselves. Exactly. So, like, it's like, oh, okay. So we can actually be real in here. Yeah. And I'll go if you guys want to ask about yes. when you get to have sex again. Like, Let's talk about you know after the after the mm-hmm. baby's born. Ask these veteran dads. Yeah. Okay. Right. Because they will tell you. Like, yeah. We're not here. I'm not here to waste your time. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll typically open one of my presentations with a clip from The Office or like Parks and Rec or something. Yeah. You know, put someone off guard a little bit. Yes. And then immediately they're sort of endeared to you. Right. So. Right. I immediately identified with what you said because that adult learners are very tricky in that They way. are. It's and I I think for me the reason that I gravitated so much more towards that than the actual responding was you know to see someone who's been doing this job for 25 years and I this is from personal experience mm-hmm. who looks at you and goes I didn't I, I never knew that. Yeah. I mean to me that's astounding or somebody walks up afterwards and says this was the best class I've ever taken. Keep in mind, they've taken this same class every two years. Right. So to have somebody say this, this impacted me in a way that I was not expecting. Yeah. That was always like high praise for me. Yeah, that's massive. And so you had this business. Yeah, you know, th- this was your first business. You're, you're basically uh, training these adult responders. Yeah. Well, how did you find your way to IT? Yeah, like, it's, it's a weird line to draw. Yeah. Right? It was. Yeah, more, well, it's not straight. No, it's certainly not. <laughs> and and it was more because uh, Jerry had had such success right. in the business because the business model is really solid. There's actually quite a bit of need for some good agnostic support oh, yeah. as it pertains to this stuff. And so he's coming to me and saying, hey, when are you going to leave this this thing you're doing? Because I'd sold my company and wor- I was working for someone else. And at the time, I was the VP of strategy. And I was like, right. I don't know, man. I, I mean, I'm doing pretty well. But again, I'm also looking at I might have summited the yeah. last sort of mountain in this, I mean, like I've done amazing things. I've trained with the Secret Service. Nice. I've trained with some of the largest um, response organizations in the world, including massive hospital systems. Um, I came up with simulation technology that no one was using. So at a point, you're kind of like, okay. I mean, I feel like it's someone else's turn to do something I haven't thought of. Yeah. So when he came to me, what I saw was here's a great business with some really great people that if someone were to take some time to lay down the tracks and make this thing um, more agile, we can break through the ceiling and take this thing to a totally new level. Gotcha. It's it's funny because I'm a solo entrepreneur. Yeah. And I know approximately where my ceiling is. 
But right now I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. It's funny because there comes a time where you'll find the, the ceiling and you'll go, yeah, I'm good here. I'm, yeah. I'm good on this floor. Right, right. That's fine. Or you'll go, I got to bust through this thing. Right. And it's not going to be here. Correct. And I remember that happened to me when I was working for the PR firm. Then that happened to me in corporate. I go, I'm spinning my wheels at this yeah. point. You get to a point where you're just like, this isn't making me any better Yeah. as the days tick by. <clears throat> yeah. And, and then you have to be true to yourself. You have to say, yeah. am, I, am I about something bigger than this? Right. Or do I just want to run out the clock? And by the way, sometimes running out the clock is fine. <laughs> Absolutely. If you've got some other huge part of your life, this is, you know, this is a side hustle for some big, great thing you're doing over here, then, then awesome. What I saw was this opportunity to take something that had gotten where it was. And you know, this year, we, we made Inc. 5000's fastest growing companies. Nice. I thought that was amazing that you know, a couple guys working in a van down by the river, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, that's what we were able to do. We've got amazing people. And we, we tried to stay out of their way um, and, and make sure they have what they need to get the work done. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's, it's just fun. Oh, and the other thing, too, is the firm that I was with before, um, they actually got bought by a, a venture capital firm. Oh, nice. And that became my, my master's degree education in how culture can ruin every ah, yes. single plan you may have laid for your financial <laughs> success in the future. Then I became obsessed with leadership because yeah. leadership to me was, I mean, I came from EMS and fire. These leaders are leaders because they're just leaders and nobody questions why they're leaders. You're the captain's in charge. And you don't question why or how they got that role. Yeah. So it's not really an issue for the most part. It might be for brass, but it's not really an issue for you on a company level. You're just doing what you're supposed to do because that's what your officer says. Right. And when I moved into a corporate culture where you can see how bad talking. I mean, just, I can picture these avalanches of, of culture that it took us years to build and they eroded in, in months. Oh, it God. was, it was painful and also incredibly educational to watch. Yeah. So I took those lessons here and it's like, here's 10 things you never, ever, ever do because it's catastrophic. I promise. Yeah. 100%. Uh, my uncle used to work for Rand McNally. Okay. Right. So like, and this was the 70s and the 80s, back when people actually needed maps and road atlas yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, listen. Um, Thomas Brothers. Right. <laughs> but uh, he was the top salesman in the company, and he was crushing it. Yes. And, and they had this yes. commission structure to where he was doing so well, he ended up making more money than CEO. CEO, right. CEO right. didn't like that. No, of course not. And so redid the entire like compensation. The CEO should have loved that, by the way. Agreed. Redid the entire compensation structure, and he goes, all right, well, fine. I'm leaving. And he left, started his own company. And now the company has a double loss, yep. right? Yep. And you go, why would you do that? Like, and and you, it's it's impossible to overestimate how ego gets in the way for it's some people. Astounding. It's staggering it to me. It is astounding. Like, and, treat that guy like gold. Sure. Right. I mean, yeah. Like he is, he is out there crushing it for you. Mm -hmm. Who cares if he's making more money than you? It should well, not be relevant. What does it matter? And by the way, you almost pretend like the money that he might be making. Is only for him. Like he's not the one taking the lion's share of that money home. That money goes right into the company. I mean, Jerry and I both would love to be the lowest paid people yeah. in this firm because that meant that our sales team was out there every single day with their eye on the prize and looking for every possible way to make money for the firm. Yeah, just destroying it. Right? Absolutely. I mean, I mean that's the best possible case scenario. Yeah, and keeping them happy. Absolutely. And like, yeah. why, why would you turn them away and turn them into a competitor? And why why ever cap someone's compensation? I don't I don't know that that has ever made sense to me. No, certainly not something in America, we believe in. I, like, right? I don't understand. Yeah, I no. don't understand. <laughs> now I will say that 
because of you know the impact that our our sales team has we it can it can get difficult to balance you you can't just be crushing it and then be an asshole no no you no. you have to fit in the culture but I mean, we have phenomenal folks, and one of them has 30 years' experience in sales, and he's the sweetest guy you'd ever meet. Like, I'm, I swear he's a unicorn because most of those, you know, lifetime sales folks that love a quota and they love to earn and they love to make more, and there's no big enough number for them, oftentimes they're lone wolves. Oh, yeah. But again, I think if it's possible to build a culture that says you can be wildly successful financially, and you can also really like the people you work for and be a part of their team, too. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't have to be this all or nothing no, it kind doesn't. of proposition. And there should be wins for everybody. We talk about Absolutely, that a lot. Where's yeah. everybody's win? If you don't have a quota to hit, then where you know, where how do we celebrate you for a, for the hard work you're doing? Yeah. And so how do you if you don't have a I quota? mean there's a lot there's a lot that goes into that. So we have KPIs, these key performance metrics and indicators that help us to see what parts of the business are growing mm. and what influences are forcing those those growth, you know, spurts or you know what it be. We also talk a lot about customer satisfaction. Um, we look at things like how often has your customer asked you to solve more than one problem? Mm. Um, and that's something we make sure to shout out because if your customer comes back, "Hey, that was awesome." We also have this. That meant that you know not only did you get the equation right, but you were also a person they liked working with. Yeah. And our customer support team is among the finest in the world. That's I mean, fantastic. I truly say that without question because that's actually the, the barrier for customer support in IT is it's pretty low. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so to say that you know our team you know is is a thousand percent better than the best team out there um, sadly doesn't say a ton, but we literally have. Hundreds. I'm not kidding you. Hundreds of testimonials on our websites from customers that you guys are amazing. Like, and I don't know what it takes to be amazing, but it's it's over and over and over again. We hear that the right. It's the folks that drive the business. Well, what uh, what was the sketch? It's Jimmy Fallon, like Nick Burns, your company's computer guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Just move. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, move. move. He's like, yeah, except it doesn't understand JavaScript. <laughs> Like, he's like, oh, no one here understands computers. That would have killed. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, yeah, that's what people picture. What, <laughs> For sure. What's funny is when I was in my corporate gig, um, I always made sure to keep my IT guys really happy. That's a good uh, person to know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just, and so, like, I was in charge of our charitable giving portfolio. So, like at least for a couple of gallons a year, I'd always kick the tickets down to the IT department. Yeah, yeah. Just and they always liked me as a result of that. Yeah, which, yeah. I mean, it it can work both ways. It can too. make or break you because I mean, some people within an organization can really be. That's what I'm looking for here. Entitled. Yeah, yeah. When it comes to right. when something's not working, it's like you have to fix this for me. It's like <laughs> I'm going to do my best. Here, oh, I don't but <laughs> have to do anything. <laughs> Yeah, I you I, could write all this down with a pencil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could you could navigate these hidden menus exactly, on your own, right? right. Uh, which it's always mystifying to me when I see an IT professional go onto my computer and open Windows I never knew existed. Yeah, exactly. You're just like, that's a thing in there. It's like, wow, we you what? are in some Did back door. Is this Narnia? <laughs> Where are we? So yeah, wow. I, I had a I had a customer once we had called to follow up after um, we had you know done some work for him. I said, uh, hey, you know, I just wanted to reach out and get some feedback from you. And how did so-and-so do? And what was this like? And the guy, the guy goes, I got to be honest, man. I've been doing this job like 20 years. We installed this new phone system you guys found for us. And, and people like it. <laughs> and, and then he just stopped talking. I was like, oh, I, I thought that was the middle. Yeah. And he goes, 
most of the time, whenever I do something, everyone hates it. My job <laughs> is to create hatred. Everywhere I go, people are mad or angry or frustrated. Just chaos right? and disorder. And it's like, we did this phone system thing and everybody's happy. Thank you for letting me make people happy. And I was like, I, man, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, yeah. let's find you a gig. <laughs> let's, let's find you another job. That's awful. Yeah. Wow. Um, but that's the world that some of those folks live in. It's like yeah. they can do no right. Yeah. And that's got to be really tough, you know. And then you add all the cybersecurity threats. I mean, it, in 2020, the estimation is that the fastest growing industry, bar none, is cybercrime. Oh, as an industry? As an industry. Crime. Yes. Oh, great. Yeah, not, not, not cyber, like, crime prevention. Yeah, not cybersecurity. Absolutely not. In fact, there are 3 million unfilled jobs in that space. Oh, gosh. Because they can't train people fast enough and keep them employed before they go off and do other things. Um, so there are wow. massive gaps in that space and it is the fastest growing industry. That's terrifying. It, it's, it's wholly terrifying. Cause when you start thinking about how much we lean on technology for everything, yeah. you start to go, wow, that's well. And every other week you're hearing about some data breach. It's, you know, like, yeah, even something like Equifax for God's sakes. And I mean, it, right. You're kind of going like, and, wow. and haven't you almost gotten to the point where you're like, well, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. yeah kind oh, of. So much social security numbers. It was probably already out there anyway. So yeah. I guess now there's a copy. We have to dedupe it. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's like, um, remember when LifeLock was first oh. running its ads? And he drove around with the, yeah, with the social security number. Fantastic. He got it stolen like yeah. hundreds of times. Hundreds of times. <laughs> right. It's like, <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it was a hell of a marketing pitch. I mean, yeah. you were in that meeting and you were like, here's an idea. I love it. Yeah, great from uh, from an advertising perspective. Sure, sure. not Correct. so much an application, though. Not so much, but yeah. anyway, we got to wrap up. Um, th- we could do this all day. I no, think. this is fun. Uh, <laughs> but uh, now's the time on the show when we do plugs. So, where can people find you? Find more about yeah, Select Communications. Sure. Anything you want to plug right now? Do it. Um, okay, so I will say that uh, best place to find us is on our website, selectcommunications.com. Um, lots of folks there, either on the phone or through web chat, love to have conversations with you as, as far as plug, I'll, I'll tell you that, uh, um, there's a huge push right now for cybersecurity. We have a fantastic team that will very painlessly walk you through, um, potential breach points in your organization, mm-hmm. um, help you to sort of get eyes on where you might be vul- vulnerable and the preventions for that stuff might not be as expensive as you might think. So mm-hmm. I would take a few minutes and let one of our folks walk through a few questions with you. We can line you up with some fantastic folks that can answer a lot of questions. And then, uh, if you haven't thought about ripping out your old phone system for something that is, I don't know, this century, you ought to, cause we see massive, uh, you know, there's great synergy around better communications through phones. It's, and we sell phone systems now with no phones. <laughs> Do you believe that? Like now it's like, well, no, you plug an earbud into your laptop and that's your phone. And people are just like, what? What's hilarious is that sounds like some hipster bullshit. It does. Like where you go to a restaurant. Yeah. It's like, oh no, this restaurant has no food. (laughs) Yeah. We don't have food. And it's like, no, no, this is post food. Right. And you go beyond that. You go, but I'm hungry. I know. (laughs) Get out. We're not the right fit for you. Yeah. It's like, you just don't get it. And, but I will tell you that we do see folks that are just like, well, we can't afford new phones. And I'm like, well, a, Carriers give you phones nowadays. That's a thing. Yeah. And B, you don't actually need them. You can run apps on everyone's smartphone. I mean, so it's there's so much cool technology out there that makes it easier. Wow, that's wild. All right. Well, people should definitely get in touch with you. You're a great dude. Sounds like an amazing company. And I'm glad we got the chance, man. Yeah, yeah this is a lot of fun. Thanks for taking the time and continued success to you. Yeah, you, you as well. 
And that brings episode 225 of the John of All Trades podcast to a close. Big thanks to Jason Price for sitting down with me and telling me all about his business as well as his past as an EMT and first responder. You can find links to select communications on the John of All Trades website. That's jlnofalltrades.us. And you know what? Stay up to date with the John of All Trades podcast on social media. J-O-A-T pod is the handle. That's Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, and Instagram. Got a variety of content on all of those platforms, probably heaviest on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I mentioned in the intro that this show is produced by Deft Communications. Check out Deft on the web, D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. And our sponsor is 4Degrees, the number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. Anything you're doing online, 4Degrees can help you do it better. If you're building a website, doing social media marketing, doing online advertising, whether you have a product, a service, a campaign, or a candidate, 4Degrees is winning awards for their work and just doing exceptional, game-changing things. So hit them up no matter what you're doing in the digital space. They'll help you do it better. The number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. That'll do it for this week. I've already got the next week's episode in the can, so we are up on new content. I've got interviews being scheduled from all across industries. It's a fantastic slate of guests coming up. So I said it in the intro, but if you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button on your podcatcher and get brand new episodes delivered right to you. Thank you for listening to this edition of the John of All Trades podcast. And until I hear you again, say goodnight, Gracie. That's good, Johnny.